Welcome to the podcast. Come be part of the conversations that happen around my kitchen table. He's John Brannion, and he's been a stand-up comic for more than 30 years. She's Amanda McKinney, and she's been my daughter for her whole life. Our family believes laughter is a gift from God. We often discover it while discussing culture, faith, and family. So go ahead and pull up a chair, neighbor. Can I call you Carl? There's plenty of room here for you. I a little bit of hot water today because hey, that's, I... That's me. What? That's a new intro. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. That's been, that's not new as of, like, it's been like two months or more. Well, she says she doesn't listen to or participate in podcasts anymore. <laughs> Don't listen to my sister. She's a traitor to the family. I never listened to the podcast, so that's no different, but. <laughs> mm. Well, I sent your brother a birthday greeting today and encouraged some other people to send mm-hmm. him Birthday mm-hmm. greetings like you did for Luke a few years ago. Yeah, except when I did it, it was funny. And when you did it, it was extremely annoying and <laughs> nobody liked it. The truth it. be told, I actually kind of thought about that as I was doing it. As I was typing the message to our clickers, and I said, yeah, send him a birthday greeting, but get his name wrong. You know, mm-hmm. text him a, a birthday greeting. Here's get his, his name phone wrong. number. Here's his phone number. Uh-huh. Uh, I thought, yeah, he probably won't appreciate this, but... <laughs> But then I thought, who cares? You know, he's, so he's going to be mad. What's he going to do? What's he going to do? It's just his birthday. You're going to cut himself out of the family? Is he going to disown me? He was, he was mad. I I would have laughed, but maybe he was that's annoyed. the point, is that you didn't know your audience very well, Dad. Oh, I did know my audience. I said that I figured that he would be annoyed, but he's got to, I mean, lighten up. It's it's what, an hour for one day where he's going to get these text messages? Who cares? I don't know. Who cares? I don't know. Um, it's really weird to talk to Tabby. Two blank squares. Right now, online, when all I see is this derpy-looking dog. Yeah, Tabby's not actually in the room with us, and neither is... Are we calling Ellie a guest, or is she she's, a remote... She's a uh, very important guest. A remote, a remote... Okay, go ahead. I, I am the special... <laughs> The special, the special, the special guest, <laughs> like Emmett. <laughs> the special. She has a better microphone than we do. Sorry, I <laughs> stole it from my dad. No, it's well, okay. You know, he helped me set it up, so that's how I steal things. You, can you, you don't have to apologize for. Me. You don't have to apologize for quality, Ellie. That's just. <laughs> you can still talk right into it. Like I said, if it's too loud, okay. I can turn it down over here on my end. We're just not used to uh, quality and. <laughs> Uh, and more quality yeah and clarity yeah so ellie also known as the minion minion. is the first ever john brandon comedy intern Mm -hmm. and so far well i'm not gonna i'm not gonna render judgment on that how is it so far ellie (laughs) she's been a minion Uh, for like 10 minutes enthusiastic thumbs up I don't know. I have nothing to compare it to. Uh, for the record, this is also my first internship. <laughs> that's, okay. exactly, asking, that's exactly what <laughs> I would have said my... if I was asked that question. <laughs> well, I haven't. I've never what? done another one. So what, have you, what do you want me to compare I, it's it to? Good. <laughs> I, I was like good. talking to my school about it and they're like, well, this is really different. I guess you can. And I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> I'm paving the way for the rest of the people. You're welcome. She's a vanguard. 
Yep, nobody else has ever Trailblazer. <laughs> nobody else has ever assisted a Canadian to... for a summer. No one wants to do that. It'll be why. it'll be funny. I when... never thought about it. If I if I could have gotten away with it, I probably would have tried it too. But gotten think... away with it? You make it sound like it's some sort of a lot nefarious. <laughs> well, for me, I don't think they would have appreciated it being my own family. Like I that, think that okay. you know, I I think they would have felt like I wouldn't have been honest with the work I was doing. Mm. Well, neither of my parents are comedians, so I had to find someone else. You had to find somebody else. You had to go outside yeah. the family. Fair yeah. enough. So, uh, housekeeping, real quick. And Carl, you can listen in on this. This is real insider stuff right here. Hold mm-hmm. on to your britches. Um, Ellie wants the logos for Wise Fools, um, Vacate with Comics, um, what? Starving Comics? What else? Mm-hmm. Um, a, that's all we have. Another one. All the logos. All the uh, logos. The, podcast the Comedian logo, Next Door. Right? Oh, yeah, the, the little, Comedian Next yeah. Door. Duh. Mm-hmm. The okay. very thing that we're doing right now. <laughs> yeah. So it, I made that one. I, I have, have that one. Oh, Tabby has that Tabby one. Has I don't have it. any of them because once I Just, use them, I get rid of them. <laughs> yeah. Any logos pertaining to John Brannion. I sound really needy as when I'm figuring out, hey, everybody, this is Ellie. She needs a lot of things. She needs a lot of things. <laughs> that well, is once primarily Ellie, the job. It's once Ellie became a minion, it's just been constant It's basically needs. emails that that's that really is, that sums up like when you're trying to do this job with communications as it pertains to comedy. Like it really is just emailing the other two or three people in the group and being like, who has this? Who has that? <laughs> Where yeah. can I get it? Yeah. If it makes you feel better, Ellie, that is exactly what I was doing, like, what, three years ago when I started helping out. It was the same thing. It was a constant, like, um, I'd love to do this, but I don't have anything. And so mm-hmm. what's what's unfortunate, though, is that you'll probably get really comfy with the job about two weeks yeah. before you're supposed <laughs> to be done. <laughs> yep. I know what I'm doing now. You'll have yeah, everything hopefully. you need. You will have all the links, all the Google Drive access, all the uh, W9s and W2 forms. and Everything. Who knows what else. You everything have all the passwords and for our website. time to be done. And then, yes. so long. <laughs> <laughs> Give and, them to the next person on the way out. <laughs> and then they will storm the beaches and set you free from our tyranny. <laughs> what? Right? Is that a World War II reference? I don't get the reference. Well, minions... Minions are like indentured servants. No, right? minions are. Everybody thinks of the yellow suspenders wearing ones now. Yeah, yeah, I do too. Minions are yeah. like half Spanish, half gibberish speaking <laughs> little creatures that work closely with Steve. Kelly doesn't look anything like the minions. <laughs> I was like, I don't, I don't have the skin tone to be a half Spanish, half. She has, he has one more eye than most of the minions. No, no, some of them have two. I don't eyes. have the goggles or. Glasses. That is Whatever true. They are. I could get some suspenders. <laughs> we want to get you a shirt that says the minion. So Aww. the minion. I have to, I have <laughs> the first official minion. Uh, well, so. okay. So I, uh, I mentioned I don't have my phone. I don't know if I told Carl that, but I was like, oh, I got to go to the Peach's house because we got to do a podcast. And then where's my phone? I couldn't find it, so I ran around trying to find it. Couldn't. So that's why you didn't tell me that you were. That's actually why I didn't coming. tell you that I was on my way because as when I went to text you that I was on my way, I that's when I discovered that I don't know where I put my phone down. Right. Well, okay. I guess I'll forgive you. And you know what's weird is like not having a phone with you, not having a phone with me that I know where it's at makes me feel like helpless. It makes me feel like I'm out in the wilderness somewhere, and like things could be terribly, terribly dire 
and I would have no way to. But it used to be like before you guys were alive, any of you were alive, you you didn't always have a phone even within reach. You mm-hmm. know, we sometimes we would spend all day without ever even seeing a phone. Mm-hmm. We could go about our business. We could conduct conduct our lives, interact with other human beings. Because you were busy doing like your blog and podcast, right? No. <laughs> no? No. You didn't you what didn't have you time to doing? look at your phone because you were surfing the web. No, no. On your laptop. No, you poor young. <laughs> you know you know the point I'm trying to make is that we've got a technology now is at a point where if I don't if I don't have my phone with me, if I don't know and if I don't know where it is, it's one thing to not have it with you, it's another thing to not know where it is and not mm-hmm. have it with you. And then you're like, Wow, there's just this over writing sort of sense of, of I'm not uh, sure what point panic. you're trying to make because to hear you tell it you should be used to that we're the ones who should be panicking because we've never been without our phones and you had a phase of life where you always were right well I'm here right I mean I, I was able to drive all the way out to your house and I still have no idea well, where the phone is I bet you wouldn't have been able to you wouldn't have been able to come to my house if you hadn't you're looked. shocked but I'm gonna disagree with you of course because- you are because that's what I do. And I have gotten very used to not having my phone because I lose it mm-hmm. constantly, just, just all the time. In fact, if I can find my phone in three seconds, I'm shocked. I'm like, what? I didn't have to go searching for that stupid thing yep. all over my house. Like, so I, 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 I lose, like I, I lose with air quotes, my phone all the time, but like for less than five minutes no like sometimes i just give up and i'm like well i'll find it someday (laughs) not anyways why don't you just ask marcy where it is she could probably go right to it (laughs) she she probably could she probably has seen it but that's the problem is that i always have something in my hand usually not my phone and so it gets put down in different places and then i cannot find it and i'll wander around my house you know for a couple hours and be like forget it I, I want to congratulate Tabby on saying put instead of putt that time, too. I want to congratulate Tabby on saying anything at all. Because before we started recording, <laughs> she <laughs> confessed that she was sweating profusely and very panicked about even being on, on a recording. this podcast with Carl. Yeah. Uh, she's friends. afraid of you, Carl. I am. I'm not afraid of Carl. I'm afraid of the permanency of my words being etched into a recording for all time. She was getting ready to say that it's somewhat like a journal or a diary. and mm-hmm. But we've had this conversation before, so I know where it's going. Because she still has yet to explain why recording your thoughts in a diary or journal is... It's somehow less permanent. Is that bad? No, no. Because she says it's just like that because they're both permanent. And she hates reading her old journals. She hates reading where she was at a particular point in time. Yes. Is yeah, that- It's a love-hate relationship. But a diary or a journal is only for me and potentially my kids once they learn how to read and they find it on the bookshelf kind of thing. Like to send it out into the world, I feel like if I make a mistake or if I say something that's wrong, it's like, gosh, now there's like a hundred people I have to apologize to. That's a lot of work. Not in this day and age. In this day and age, if you say something that's wrong, you just have to get really defensive about it (laughs) and everyone will give you a pass Mm -hmm. and apologize to you for even noticing that it was wrong. Yeah. You can get the apologies now. Yeah. Mm. Well, if that's the case. I tried in vain to explain to my sister that the entire purpose of keeping a diary is to prove to yourself in the future 
that you have made changes and come a long way. I was like, I was like, that's supposed to be the encouraging thing. You look back and you're like, oh, wow, I was really dumb back then. And she's like, oh, I hate it. I hate how dumb I used to be. And I'm like, but it's supposed to be encouraging that you've come a long way and you're it's, not dumb anymore. It's kind of like hating that you used to not be able to uh, use the bathroom. You, like you weren't toilet trained. And, so, and you're like, oh, I hate looking at these old pictures of myself in diapers. <laughs> I hate thinking I about can. me in diapers. The journals don't bother me as much as like as the like being public with it all, because if you did take all those diaper pictures and throw them up for the world to see, I might be a little bit more like, well, I didn't want them to know I was in diapers. <laughs> really, <You're> so weird. <laughs> You're I don't so know weird. that I agree to the There's... same level, but I understand the sentiment. It, it so was Ellie's kind bad. of she's hesitantly on your side. Well, just like whenever you look at like old videos on your phone, or if you're like me and you had an iPod Nano that you used to, you know, take videos of yourself when you were, mm -hmm. you know, in middle school, you're like, you don't like that time. You wish you could permanently like delete them. Is that, is that them. what it is? Tabs? I don't know. I it, yes, to some to some degree, <laughs> and I'm not always this bad. Like I did podcast regularly for a whole year but like when you don't feel very confident and you spend all this time telling people that you were confident about a thing and now you're not it's like well i should never do that again because it's so uncomfortable right. to come back never be confident but the thing is tabby's not been able to pinpoint what she's not confident about anymore nope. like if you were to go well, she's back confident that she shouldn't podcast anymore <laughs> if you were to go back through the episodes that we've published and there have been many hundreds of them over the years um if you were to go and, and ask her to like give us a specific quote from any of those episodes that she regrets or would apologize for, she can't. It's just this general, you know, anxiety she, she about the whole thing. Just sits there and sweats it's about a it. Sense of dread. Yep. Yeah, it's just and a sense of like, don't ever do this again. And then you're like, why? And you're like, I don't know, just because. <laughs> <laughs> I go through phases, and I always have. Where I have seasons of like seasons of doing a lot of reading, a lot of ingesting, like a lot of taking in information from other sources. So I've actually been listening to podcasts lately, which we have always told Carl we don't really listen to podcasts because that was typically the truth. But like lately, I've I've really been doing a lot of listening, a lot of sermons I've been listening to, um, obviously continuing to do the Bible reading challenge. And so I've been just... I haven't really had the time in a day to write or blog, you know, or record a lot because I've just been in a season of taking on a lot. And I've always done that. <clears throat> but then once I've read, you know, a dozen books and um, several hundred articles and listened to a handful of podcasts and sermons, then I'm like, okay, I need somewhere to put all this. And so then I start recording podcasts again or writing down blog posts or something like that it goes in like seasons and I think that's I think that's okay I don't think we necessarily have to diagnose it with like oh no I'm I'm anxious because right now I don't feel like recording or I don't have anything I necessarily feel comfortable saying it's like no maybe that just means that now is the time for you to do some listening for a while and eventually you'll feel like sharing what you've listened to once you've right. had the space that's to pro process it 
that's what kind of happened. I did a lot of growing and learning for like a few years right after Marcy and Simon. And then we started podcasting and I regularly, I mean, I jumped on dad's podcast every once in a while. And so I was ready to share a lot of that stuff that I'd already learned and grew from, but uh, I didn't have the pressure before because people weren't really privy to what I was learning after I gave birth to Marcy and Simon. That was sort of just done in everybody's living rooms and around kitchen tables. And so when I felt like I had grown or even changed my mind, I didn't have to come back and make all these like addendums, you know, and so that's what it feels like I have to do now. And you're right. I, I don't have a specific thing. So it is partly just anxiety, but it feels like I need to go back and be like, oh, and by the way, I've changed my mind on this. And now I don't feel this way anymore. And let's set the re- let's set the record straight on that and that. And that feels like a lot of work. Whereas if I had just never recorded it, nobody would remember. Right. If we just didn't take any pictures of you ever when you were little. Then <laughs> you just we, assume right. you never wore diapers. Then you would never <laughs> have right. yeah, any pictures of you looking derpy at school or. I like those. The derpy pictures? Uh-huh. Okay, what is the difference what? between no a difference. picture of you with really crazy hair and, you know, <laughs> and food on your face and a podcast episode that you recorded when you were younger before your mind had changed about some stuff? I don't know. It's probably a personal problem. Duh. It has nothing to do with, like, my words and my, and my beliefs feel, they feel more scary than, like, I've never really had a problem showing people. I've never had a problem going on and telling people tons of embarrassing stories about myself. But if somebody was like, hey, that one time, remember when you believed this and now you don't? I'd be like, ah. Remember when you believed? Right. (laughs) Remember when you believed this thing I can't even give you an example of because I, once again, cannot come up with something I said that I I now disagree with. Can't tell you specifically what I'm worried about? Yeah. Uh, I Okay. I do understand the sense that you need to have all your ducks in a row and you have to know yeah. everything before you say anything. I do yeah. understand like feeling like if I don't know the answers to every question that could possibly be posed to me, I therefore cannot even begin to answer any other questions, you know, on any any bordering topic. Like I understand right. that, but it's just it's just not possible. Like perfect knowledge is something that literally only God himself can have. And so when you start seeing it, when you start seeing the information or the advice, I guess, that you give out as a resource that was first given to you by God in his grace and not because of your own, you know, perfect works that you're doing, um, I think it changes things a little bit. It's the same way that that a lot of people with money, with monetary possessions, they think, oh, I can't even begin to give to the poor yet because I don't know what sort of bills I'm going to have, you know, in a week or two weeks or a year. And it, it, hmm. it lends itself to a little bit of like advice greediness or I guess hoarding, maybe that's a better term for it. Like it's out of a fear that you might need the thing or you might, in this case, not be proud regret. of the thing. Yeah, you might regret, regret it somehow. And so you that hang on to it. I can see it and I can see it when people give me other examples, obviously, but it's hard because most people, I think, don't have this problem most people are willing to just say the first thing that pops into their head and so to be you think overly so? cautious i don't know i don't think I, that's I, true i think most don't people think don't have anything no. popping into their head very regularly i think most people just wish they had a thing that they could say with how? confidence how does their head not 
reel and spin and pop thoughts in there all the time. I don't think they process them. Like I think the average person will experience a thought and if it if it's an unpleasant or uncomfortable thought that really deserves some more work that would ultimately lead you to a conclusion that could be really helpful both to yourself and to other people, they're not willing to put in that work to get there because it's so uncomfortable and the the whole spinning and reeling of the mind is is uh, unpleasant. And so they just avoid it. And so well, they immediately go easier. trying to find ways to like. It's easier to let other people yeah. tell you, you know, well, we had yeah. a, we had a, another uh, episode of gun violence. Okay. Well, let's just ban all the weapons. Let's just take away all the guns. Yeah. Let's do that. And that's, it's like, okay, well, let's think a little bit about what would happen if we did that. Uh, well, I'm where... even talking about people who don't go there. Like they just completely, they're like, Hey, we shouldn't talk about this. Let's not be political on social media or church is not the place where we should be bringing up, you know, controversial subjects like this. Like I'm talking about the people who avoid it. Let's just preach the gospel. Let's not costs. talk about social issues. Right. Yes. Because again, it's uncomfortable. So if you, if you read a thing, even if it's something as small or simple as a, like a bumper sticker or a, a, <laughs> a billboard, you know, something that says happy pride month or something like that. If, if you have uncomfortable... By the way, happy Pride Month. <laughs> this is the first day yes. of Pride Month. If you have uncomfortable or unpleasant feelings as a result of the thoughts that the, that, that billboard or, or bumper sticker conjures up, then you have a choice. You can either do the work of thinking further on the subject, bringing in all of your experiences, other people's opinions, weigh them, discern, you know, read your Bible maybe. You could do all that, which is a lot of work, or you could just kind of try to shove all of that stuff down and sweep it under a rug. And that's what most people do, I think. I I think it felt like I was responsible because I would think and I would talk to people. And like you said, I would read, I would do all this. I would come to these conclusions, right? And for whatever they were at the time, I understand that you're allowed to change your mind. But like for what they were at the time, that was my conclusion. And so I was going to go out and talk about them. And it felt like somebody was going to take those words and then like be mad at me and be like, well, she steered me wrong. She said this and she said that. And now look where I am <laughs> and it's all her fault. Look at me. Look where I am. Tabby once said on the mom cast that we're never going to regret the time we've spent investing in our children and um, that, that we could never, we could never look back and think, man, I should have had, I shouldn't have had this kid or that kid. So, <laughs> and okay, so she steered that. me wrong because here I have this kid and I totally regret him. <laughs> right. <laughs> She owes me an apology. How dare she? Yeah, that's I, that's what I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to think back about something you've said in the past that would even fit that description. And all I can remember are conversations where we shared, where we were very careful not to go past what we could say honestly, but we would just say, okay, I may not know everything. I may not know much at all, but I do know that I don't have any children that I wish I hadn't given birth to you know i could think of one thing that tabby has said in the past on multiple occasions that she should regret and apologize for mm -hmm. oh that, great bring it on and that is that i drive below the speed limit all the time mm -hmm. that, like, well, that is speed, very true it's absolutely untrue that <laughs> i am i am on the speed limit i don't drive 50 if the speed limit is 55 but tabby regularly accuses me <laughs> of being five to ten miles an hour under the speed limit all the time. Okay. Who would know? 
you me or who, you who often is distracted <laughs> or me who has to ride in the passenger seat yes. and keeps looking over at the speedometer going <laughs> why is know? it going so slow who would know the person sitting right in front of the speedometer or the person <laughs> looking at the speedometer from a 45 no, degree who angle? would know the person who is not usually forced to think about their own driving because they're driving alone or yeah the person who's riding for the random so occasion. So you're on Tabby's side, too. Well, I'm just saying that once Luke ran a stoplight, actually, multiple times Luke ran a stoplight with me in the car, and he said to me after the, like, third or fourth time it had happened in a month, he goes, that Jeez. only happens when you're in the car. And I said, I'm more inclined to believe you only <laughs> notice because I'm here to scream. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Joe, Joe has ridden with Luke only, like, you know, a handful of times the past few months because they go to the gym together. And I rolled up to a stop sign once and Joe goes, if you'd been Luke, you wouldn't have even stopped. <laughs> so, all right. Uh -huh. so, so let's think about things that we have said. Tabby can't think of anything. Can you think of anything? And Ellie, you have to think of something too that you've said in the past that you, that you would take back. That I would take back? Or that you would feel uh, embarrassed by. No, know, here's kidding. here's what I have been working on lately. I have been I have been working on accepting the fact that it is not possible to say all true things simultaneously. That that's a problem for me. I wish that I could be as I could be so clear and so perfect in my speech that I could say everything true all at once. It, it would just what sound like <laughs> Right. Right, it's not possible. All the true it, well, and we're we're restricted by time specifically. We're finite beings. We're forced to use language which is just inadequate to actually say everything, and we have time to contend with. So, only God himself can actually be truth all the time, you know, and exist as truth. Um and that's that's difficult for me because I've always kind of been hard on myself for not being able to speak perfectly. I've always said that, you know, we need to say true things. And I still think that that is true, but it's not complete truth. It's not, it's not everything there is to say on the subject of truth, because as a finite person, I can only say one thing at a time. Why are you avoiding the question? I'm saying I wouldn't take anything away. I would just continue to add to the things that I've been trying to convey this whole time. Like I would continue to say true things, but of course they're going to be slightly different true things because I can't say everything true all at once. If so that makes sense. You don't wish like you could change what you said, just how you said it in the past. Well, and I may not even change how I said it in the past either. I would just accept the fact that now today I may have a different approach or a perspective on it, or I may say it slightly differently now but just because today is a different day, like that doesn't necessarily mean that yesterday or a year ago, I was wrong to say it that way, or I should have said it today. Because if I, if I were only to say things the particular way today, like with today's tone, then uh -huh. who's going to say it the way that I said it a year ago, you know, like. Right. I, I struggle with, <laughs> I struggle with uh, what it means to be wishy-washy. And right. To say what you mean and mean what you say. And so for me, it feels like an injustice or almost uh, like an inconsistency. Yes. Yeah. To have one thought and one tone and one idea yesterday and have a different one today. It's right. like, well, shoot, you know, I shouldn't have made public what I thought yesterday because today I'm I feel different. this way. Right. I shouldn't have felt the way I felt yesterday because right. now I feel differently. I literally just I yesterday in my journal 
wrote down a hypothetical question, or I guess a rhetorical question that I that was given to me just as I was waking up from a deep sleep. And it was, which is more important, consistency, which has always been important to me too, or the change that is necessary as part of growth? And so... I've, I've realized there have been Consistency. times well, Easy. I was so Easy. worried about no being matter, the same No matter yesterday. how you grow, cling to what you said in the past and never let go of it. Right. Well, and not just what we said, but how we said it and in what tone we said it, you know. All cling to all of it. Re- I, regret nothing. Take nothing back. I have been desiring to be the same yesterday, today, and forever, but only but God only himself God. is that way. And so I've had to, I've had to accept that as, as part of discipleship, as part of growth and you know running the race and all the other metaphors that are used in scripture it's going to necess- necessarily mean that i'm going to not be the same yesterday so should as we I was encourage today. should we encourage tabby to apologize for not being god <laughs> i will do that sorry i'm not god that doesn't bother me she didn't even I, hesitate <laughs> mandy said something i don't remember when a couple of days ago that actually helped back when i was, was a different person uh-huh. a couple of days ago <laughs> are you talking about this mandy, ago, mandy or a different <laughs> who is that even uh, uh, mandy of a couple of days ago i don't recognize this mandy past mandy <laughs> past mandy uh i was just talking about past tabby anyways past tabby is one of my favorite things for you to talk about because she would tabby still i don't know if you still do it but she used yeah, to bring up past tabby in conversation like a, like it was a real like person a and i was like i would say good job past tabby for this and that I'm like, did you say past tabby yeah but she would congratulate like, herself on stuff like, that she did like an example now and i really did i just did this the other day which is why i said i was just talking about past tabby i preemptively knew myself and so I put something in the van and went I'm gonna put it here because in four days from now when I'm looking for it I'm probably gonna check here and like I'm gonna need it and sure enough I think it was like a library DVD I get in the car and I'm like oh no I need to return these library DVDs and I was like aha the library DVD yes I tell my kids this all the time I always instruct them do today what your future self will thank you for <laughs> Think about what you will want in a day or two and then do that thing now. So, yes. So, anyway, what did past Mandy say? Anyways, past Mandy, who rocks, she said something, I think it was to Megan, and it was, what if the only consistent thing is that God is, you didn't say that God is inconsistent, but, like, what if the only, what if one of the true things is that God does change and right. i know that that sounds no, no, blasphemous no. But i like, what i said was, change? what i said was what if the overarching um objective permanent truth about god is that he has given each of us our own unique stories and that means we that we as individuals we change and That's that right. as much as i hate that reality sometimes that that is the thing that is completely always true and objectively true because Megan was struggling with like the sense of how are we not being relativistic or how are we not giving into this idea that, well, that may be true for you, but this is true for me and past Tabby disagrees and, you know, future Mandy <laughs> thinks this way. Like it could very quickly turn to what our culture loves to do, which is completely dis- like detach yourself from any moral standards and like give yourself a pass for, for truly well, bad stuff. Well, if you're going to do that, then nothing is true in the present. Right, 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 right. And she's like, well, how do I grapple with that? Because on the one hand, I I believe that some things are black and white. But on the other hand, I believe that complete black and white thinking about everything is not quite right. That's, it would be wrong. And I said, what if 
it is black and white. It is a black and white truth that God has given us a handful of things that are true for all humans, but also a great number of things that are only true for certain people at certain times, depending on uh, details, you know, depending on their situation. And so the example I gave was the Ten Commandments. Nobody should be lying. Nobody should be stealing. Nobody should be murdering, you know. So we can we can kind of thank God for that consistency. But it is also true that some people are born in in different countries where the laws apply differently, you know, and some people actually, what I said was some people would be absolutely objectively black and white wrong to give their kid a peanut butter sandwich if they knew the kid was allergic to it. But I give my kid peanut butter all the time with absolutely non, no guilty conscience. And so we have to, we kind of know this already that some things are only true for different people. Peanut butter sandwiches are not objectively good. Right. We know there's such thing as gray areas and neutral, you know, neutral ground, but we're, we're, struggling with it because our culture that we're currently involved with has taken it so far and tried to tear down so much that we're just kind of afraid to even begin to, to, you know, think about um, the things that aren't true for everybody. Well, and we want things to be um, hyper spiritual. So we can all kind of scoff when you talk about peanut butter sandwiches and like, well, yeah, Mandy, peanut butter sandwiches don't matter. And, but we feel like there are things that should really matter, like the hot button issues, like gun control and abortion and all of those things. And so we start going, well, we can't just say your truth, my truth. I mean, it's easy to sound, oh, hi, buddy. He's bringing me a baby. <laughs> it's it's easy to talk about that when we give these examples for things we perceive uh, to be non non issues, right? You know, like what socks to wear. And- well, and we were we were talking about divorce, and I said, you know, the Bible is clear that God hates divorce, and so for a person who's currently married to a believer who agrees that God hates divorce, it would be objectively, completely, totally black and white wrong to go file for divorce for either one of you. But um, what I said was. You can't you can't start there with people who haven't even internalized the Ten Commandments yet. And that that was what I said. Like for a person who has no background in church and hasn't even really understood that God doesn't want you to lie, and what does that even mean? God wants you to be a person of your word. Um, God wants you to think of others more highly than yourself. All of that stuff has to come first. And once you get there, once you cross all of those smaller bridges then you probably will get to the, you probably will never come to the bridge of should I get divorced or not? Like you, that won't even enter into the picture. But by the time you have people wrestling with the question of should I get divorced or not? You're already like talking over their head in a lot of other areas because there, there are a lot more things that go into it prior to that decision. Um, And again, I don't think I'm being relativistic about it. Like I'm not trying to say that some people are allowed to get divorced what I'm saying is some people are going to, regardless of what we say about it, and that really the question for Megan and Tabby and me is, are you going to get a divorce? Like, should you get, should you go and divorce your husband? We've all re- answered with a resounding no. So, okay, then maybe we don't need to lose sleep over the great many number, the great large number of people who are answering with a yes in that case. Mm-hmm. Well, there is... There is some good news. In fact, I've the fact that I'm even brave enough to be on this podcast and probably a four sisters one. You are so brave, Tabby. Thank you. I know that you're being facetious, but I appreciate it. And uh, but anyways, I got an Instagram message from a girl we don't know. And shout out to her because I left her 
on unread for like a month because I didn't know that I had it. And she basically said that she had listened to your podcast, Dad. And one of the episodes that she... Do I still have a podcast? She means my podcast. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. Mandy's podcast that you sometimes are on. Mm -hmm. And uh, she said that she had actually written in to us and asked you, Mandy, how you were so okay with me converting to Catholicism and basically throwing away my religion and Mm -hmm. yada, yada. And she came back to me and said that because of us answering those questions for her and talking about how we view truth and and how we handle asking questions and how we think that's okay, that she started to re-examine her own life and faith and ironically ended up Catholic herself. No. Yeah. And so she messaged wow. me about it. And I and I messaged her back because first she said, I'm sorry, I'm so weird. And I said, you're not weird. It's okay to tell people that you like their podcast. We like that. I would have said, then, you are weird, but that's okay because... <laughs> There's no such thing as normal, but go That's on. That's true. <laughs> you are weird for telling somebody you like a thing, I guess, but yeah. we like it. And so I I was immediately panicked, though, because I was like, well, you of know, you were. Tabby, who talked about all of that stuff, that was, that was three or four years ago. And so I sent a message basically saying, I hope that this means, you know, that you looked at some of your beliefs and you're in a deeper relationship with God, which is what's most important. And I hope that you feel now like you are able to ask questions and to continue following God, even if it takes you somewhere scary. And I went, well, there. Like the Catholic even... church. <laughs> <laughs> if it takes you some terrifying place like Catholicism. <laughs> hey, that's scary. I would know. Um, yep. But my point was that she was telling me now Tabby of today about something I had said three years ago that was still helpful, even if some of my thoughts and opinions have changed. And that made me feel a little better about throwing my thoughts and beliefs and wisdom out into the world, even if it's going to change in four more years. Right. One of the things that um, was a very small thing that kind of blipped on my mental radar lately was I'm on Goodreads now because I'm trying to keep track of the books that I've been reading. And um, I went to Doug Wilson's uh, reading list because I was like, oh, I may, I may get some good recommendations. Oh, that'll make you feel terrible just about yourself. Don't even bother. Mm-hmm. Like, you might as well just download the library's entire <laughs> database and see if you can pick a book at random from there. I was like, I'll go get an idea of what I can read. And it's like, oh, he reads 150 books a year? Okay, yeah. And he's been recording it since 1975? Like, <laughs> yeah, this will narrow it down quite a bit. Thanks. Thanks for this list. Thanks for this. It's like getting a list for your grocery store trip and just writing everything on it just write everything in the store on your list what should i read no, just write all the food. books read all the books right what should i buy today food yeah that's that's the gist you'll get from right, looking at his list he does explain how to do that well he tells you how to read a bunch of books but what i'm what i was trying to get was a book to plod through and um anyway but the point is he actually wrote at the top of his list because there's the, the same list is on his blog too it's like an a constantly updated list on his blog. And it just says at the top, you know, keep in mind that that the um, the impressions that I got from these books or the ratings that I give these books may have changed as is, you know, want to happen after many, many years of reading and, and processing things. You know, some of the things that he read and, and maybe liked or partially agreed with 20 years ago, he may have a different opinion on now. And he said, he just says that very casually, like, just keep in mind that, 
some of the older books may have a rating or a, you know, a word that I don't agree with now and or they don't align with my current understanding of things because I've grown. And it's like, is it that simple? Are you allowed to do that? Can you just say, hey, FYI, here's what I thought back then and who knows what I think about it now? Can you do that? No, not in our current <laughs> culture. So. Not in our current <laughs> culture, you can't. You'll get you'll get roasted for tweets that you did 10 years ago right. or things that you wrote about 20 years ago. Right. You're not allowed to evolve or change positions on anything. We actually have pathologized the idea of waking up on the wrong side of the bed one day and then having a pretty good attitude the next day. Um, I just read a book called Good Mood, Bad Mood by Dr. O. Dr. What's his name? Dr. O. Dr. O. What's his name? Sullivan. Well, anyway, uh, he o practices Fielder. in Indiana, in Indianapolis, actually. Maybe his name's O. Indy. Um, I might use the pen name O. Oh, what's his name for my next book? Good mood, bad mood. Oh, Charles D. Hodges Jr. Oh um, yes, yeah, it's a good one. You can read it now, Tabby. It's on my bookshelf. Um, but he was talking about how like the the um, the diagnostic criteria for like depression has changed it, just since he's been practicing. Like he remembers when it was fairly rare. And, you know, because people just, people would come in and they were sad, but you didn't necessarily have a word to describe it and medication that you were going to offer them for it. And then because depression is part of the diagnosis for bipolar disorder, that also has gone up. Like the, the number of people who've been diagnosed, it used to be that it was called manic depression and our tabbies and my grandfather had, it was diagnosed in the eighties with manic depression. And one of the things that had to have that had to happen in order to become diagnosed with manic depression was you had to have at least one hospitalization complete with hallucinations and um, delusions of grandeur. And so you would you would go back and forth between these high highs and these low lows, but also like you were detached from reality at the same time. And that's not the case anymore. Now they have. Now they diagnose people with manic depression too if they have whatever they call hypomania, which is like mania, like being high, like being really, you know, excitable and, and happy and, um, what's the word, elated, but not quite so extreme. You don't have to be hospitalized ever. You don't have to be having delusions or hearing any sounds that you don't You just have to exist. wake up on the wrong side of the bed. You just have to, be, and you have to have at least one life-altering episode of depression and then you go back to the depression and figure out what that criteria is again. You know, I want to ask Ellie a question before we run out of time. Oh, okay. And go I ahead. don't, and I'm not trying to put you on the spot, Ellie. I just want to know uh, right now what your plans are that are going to take my career to the next level. <laughs> don't mind that topic, Jim. Yeah. Well. Yeah. How, um... how I'm going to be much better uh, than I am now. You know, six months from now. Yeah, what's your yeah, what's your six week plan? Mm -hmm. Wow. Um that was not the question I was expecting. Oh, what question were you expecting? Well, I am a college student and uh we're trained to be very self absorbed. I thought you were gonna say what's my six you know, five year plan, that question. <laughs> and so when you turned it around on you, I was like, Wow. All right, well you can question. ask you can answer that question well, if you I don't rather. have an answer to that one either. So oh. it's yes. just a different question I don't have an answer to. <laughs> you want us to ask you the boring questions like oh, what's your major no. and what's where wrong you with go? Tabby? How about that? Wah, wah, wah. No, it's fine. I don't know how to answer most questions. Why did you want to be why did you want to be an intern for a stand up comedian? Uh 
because at one point I wanted to be a stand-up comedian. Mm. I'm not sure if that's uh, if that's still the case. I don't know what the, I don't know. <laughs> After what only exactly. a couple of weeks, you've already <laughs> okay, you've already this, ditched the idea of being a comedian. This doubt happened earlier in college. It oh, was okay. Kind of like I was in uh, high school, and I was like, dude people actually do that i'm a people i could do that how weird um but then in college i was like hmm maybe that's not a good idea <laughs> i don't know um but yeah i know i want to be doing something that makes people laugh i don't know what that is going to look like or even be called so <laughs> i was like that. yeah like i don't know things are changing so much uh more rapidly, at least I feel like in that industry. So I'm like, I don't even know what I would be doing. Um, because like you yourself, that was kind of a cool example of you have done stand up for, you know, 30 years. That's like a really long time to do one thing, but now you're doing all sorts of different things, but you're still like a comedian. And I'm like, huh? So you mm-hmm. don't have to just do stand up. It's all about change today. This episode, I just, <laughs> it just hit me. We're 10 seconds away from 45 minutes. It's all about change. 10 seconds away from an wow. epiphany. Well, I mean, it's the very end <laughs> That sounds of like episode. a great book title. It, 10 seconds from epiphany. It all it all wrapped up right there. It just clicked into place. Boom, 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 boom. What about breakfast at wow. epiphanies? It's all about how do you start out with one thing and then change and do another thing while still maintaining your identity as a comedian, for example. How can you Let's even call yourself a comedian now? Well, that's a, that is a subject for another <laughs> podcast. Yeah, I get asked that question all the time. I thought you were supposed to be a comedian. Yeah, well, yeah. it's a uh, it is a different world, and somebody who's coming up to wanting to be a stand up comedian now, I don't even know how you would do it. I, yeah. I, I don't even have an idea how you would go about. So you're saying not is. intern with a stand up comedian? That's not how you do it. Just well, that's not how he did it. That's not how I did it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, just wow. asking for a friend. That's a good. Uh-huh. That's a good point because I think really the the listeners are always asking some version of that question too. Whether they're listening to the mom cast and they're like, "Well, how did you raise your kids? How do you become a God honoring mother?" And it's like, "Huh, hmm. good question." Or they're asking you, "How did you become a stand up comic?" Or they're asking all of us, "Well, how do you?" They usually want to know where I went to school. I get that question yes. a lot. Where'd you go to school to learn how to do most it? Most people know you can't go to school to be a particularly good mother, and so they don't usually ask us. But that's still at the heart of their question. It's how can I have what you have? Because I see a thing that you're doing that's valuable, and I want to duplicate it. But the answer is one day at a time <laughs> you do stuff that seems right, and then like three or four years later you regret everything. <laughs> and you stop podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> you become a recluse. <laughs> and then you go, you become right. a recluse. You go get a job at a factory somewhere working in. Not that there's anything wrong with working at a factory, but you just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you just completely change directions. Well, it's not. It's not a formula. Life itself is not a formula, and we're not machines. And that's something I'm having to grapple with because some, in some ways, it seems like it'd be simpler if we were. But um, you cannot just duplicate another person's life. It's not right. It's not possible. And so you can give little tips and tidbits and you can say, this is a thing in this very small area of my life that seems to be working well. But yeah, if you get to, if you get to a place, a new season where you're suddenly struggling more than you ever have in the past, you start sweating and thinking, oh no, 
I must have led some people astray. But I don't think it's possible for us to lead people astray the way that we sometimes worry we will. Because I think that God is sovereign. And well, we I don't think, have that much influence over people. Right. I don't think we have the power that we like to think we do well, when yeah. we're, you know. But for parents. Ellie, it's there are some things. Like if you want to be a bodybuilder, you have to work out. If you want to make people laugh, you have to do funny things. But what workouts you do, what ways you make people laugh does not really matter much. And I don't know if I've said it. I've said it, I think, to you, Ellie, but I did look at your Instagram stuff when we were talking about getting you as the minion and it made me laugh. And so technically you're already a comedian. Technically, you're already putting out content and making people laugh. And there you go. Just because you're not standing up on a stage in front of, you know, thousands of people doesn't mean you're not doing it. It's true. That's so sweet. Tabby. She can cry. Tabby's the nice sister. That's why I turned my camera off. It's not my terrible internet. I'm playing the outro music. Are you playing outro? I'm not sure what we what the thing was about. It was about change. It was about change. I just decided. We're going to call this episode Metamorphosis. Epiphany. Under the butter. We're going to call it Breakfast at Epiphanies. Breakfast at Epiphanies. Metamorphosis. How how to release the comedy butterfly in your own chrysalis. Thanks for visiting the Comedian's House. If you want to spend more time with our family, you can follow John Branion on YouTube and Facebook. Also email nextdoor at johnbranion.com with your comments and questions. We'll see you next time.